cliffcentral.com. Well, hello, hello, hello. Of course, you know when you hear those Tibetan singing bowls, it is time for Beyond Ears and Eyes here on Cliff Central. Mm. If you want to join us, send us a WhatsApp on 079-748-2090. And with us in studio on the controls is Palesa Maboye. Hey, Palais. Hi. You are looking gorgeous. She's wearing red and she is so vibrant. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then, of course, in studio, as always with me, is my bestie, Shemaine. Yay. And you're wearing orange and you don't necessarily like orange. She doesn't like orange. I'm working on my orange, my creativity. <laughs> That's, yeah. So, anyway, very good to have you with us listening in again. Don't remi- uh, don't forget. Yeah, I was going to say don't Don't remember. remember. <laughs> Don't forget to download this podcast afterwards and tell whomever you want. And today's is going to be quite interesting as well. Oh, before you, um, before we go further, do you, where's that WhatsApp number we've got again? 079-748-2090. 079-748-2090. So if you have any questions, um, please let us know within the next half an hour and then maybe we can ask our guest. So our so. guest. Is <laughs> I'm afraid of our guests. Why are you afraid? She's lovely. No. She's lovely. She's a no, nice she's, lady. But she's she's <laughs> going to teach us stuff that I have not heard uh, about. Um, you know. So I mean, I can't even the name gets stuck in my throat. But mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but the, baby steps, Charmaine. Baby steps. But our guest today, she's a teacher, um, and she's she 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 uses um, storytelling as a method of healing, and then um, she. If I can say, you specialize because it is one of the things that you hone in on, and that is logotherapy. Yes, that's correct. And that is Leslie Witt. Welcome, Leslie. So Thank good to you. have you on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, do you want to go, Leslie? No, well, I mean, the, the obvious question, <laughs> Leslie, is what is logotherapy? Okay, so it's a very fancy word. Logos is the Greek word for meaning. Mm -hmm. So it's a meaning-orientated therapy. That's what it means, logotherapy, and it's the work of a guy called Viktor Frankl. He wrote his most famous book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah, but I have not read it. So you know what to do afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, you're going to tell us. <laughs> We're going to ask you all those questions. So what does logotherapy focus on? So it focuses on the spiritual dimension of a human being. Hmm. So Frankel, where he believed, of course, we have um, a physical, emotional, and whatever else, we also have a spiritual dimension mm-hmm. that is Vital to focus on as well Rather than things like power and pleasure Mm -hmm. Focus on the spiritual aspect Oh wow It's it's really nice to hear You know like Because what you did was You pointed your hand To your abdominal area Or the you know The solar plexus When you went um, Spiritual um, Dimension Yes dimension Mm. So which tells me that Your spiritual dimension is not perceived as outside, it's inside. The spiritual dimension is inside each one of us. Mm-hmm. And the more we live closer to our values, 
um, the closer we get towards that feeling our spiritual dimension. Mm. Um, however, what he talks about is reaching out beyond ourselves. This is now Victor Frankl. Yes. Okay. For the good of other people. So, um, yeah, he's got a fancy name for it, but reaching out, be, he says you can only find meaning out there beyond yourself. Mm-hmm. And where did this come from, this logotherapy? Where did it start? Um, Frankel was a concentration camp. He was in the concentration camps. He lost his whole family mm. and he lost his manuscript as well. He had started on this concept um, and had the opportunity to go to America but uh, chose his conscience commanded him to stay with his parents. He didn't want to leave them. Mm. He ended up losing his family. But what he observed in the camps was human behavior. Okay. And what did it teach him? The, the biggest thing that he taught him is that it was not the strongest people that survived. It was people that had had a rich inner life previously, mm-hmm. whether it be experiences or art or culture, whatever it was, they'd had a rich internal life and they could turn to that internal life to give them moral courage. Now, is this rich inner life something that one can develop? We all have a rich inner life because we all... Not necessarily rich. I mean, we all have an inner life. Let's just start there and acknowledge that. But, 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 but what does he mean by a rich inner life? So your experiences, what you've experienced, the beautiful things, the hard things, the mm. painful things. So the lessons. The lessons, all the lessons, the good, the bad and the ugly. So what did he bring from those experiences where he observed? I mean, how did he put it into a tangible space where we could actually learn from that in order for us to go forward mm. and, and get that rich inner spiritual life or that rich mm. spiritual life? Yeah. So what did he do with that information? So he, in brief, he said there are three avenues to meaning. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is the attitude we have. Towards unavoidable suffering Because avoidable suffering We must avoid at all costs Mm. Towards what we experience From our world So Mm. this can be um, Love Something intangible All the beauty we experience around us Mm -hmm. A deed that we experience That someone does for us A good deed A good deed done for us That's Mm -hmm. an experience Mm, And a miracle And a miracle Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then he talked about What we create in our world And that's the most probably vital thing Because we create a work We create Things that are meaningful to us Mm -hmm. We create someone to care for Mm -hmm. We create a job We create an artwork And when that is missing He calls that um, will to meaning And when that will to meaning Is missing We get what A vacuum Mm -hmm. A vacuum We feel a vacuum Empty inside All right And that emptiness often leads to Depression and all other good things Okay <laughs> Or bad things And is that where your therapy comes in helpful? Very much so It comes in helpful in all sorts of ways In 
um, how we could look at our attitude towards an unavoidable suffering and pain. Because he contested without pain, we we have to have pain. We all mm. have pain in life. There's it's no a necessary one. thing, isn't it's it? It's a necessary it, thing. It's it how we deal us. with it. I know, so. Liesl, you're going, no, no, it's not necessary. But, <laughs> no, but, it is but, necessary you know. because we, I, I believe we are genetically programmed to learn through pain and fear. It is only by making a decision that you get the opportunity to start learning through love. But I don't think we are programmed to learn through love. So that's why she's saying no, because this is, this is one of my things that I believe we can learn through love. Mm-hmm. But oh, we are yes, programmed for sure, for sure. to learn through mm-hmm. pain and fear. So you are right, yes. Could that be a limiting belief, Liesl? No, I don't think it's a limiting belief. I do believe that um, we are capable of learning through love, mm-hmm. but I do think it's a challenge. I haven't seen many instances where people were open enough to heed those messages from love because love gives subtle messages. It taps mm-hmm. you on the shoulder and then it taps you a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't listen, Pain and fear comes and it whacks you And then we are terribly upset That life mm. has dealt us such a bad hand Meanwhile, if we were attuned mm. To the messages in the beginning mm. It needn't have been that way That's, you know, mm. my view of the world From, from my little corner So um, he also has or, or the view on love In logotherapy Is allow me to be who I am And not who you want me to be mm. And hold the space for me without judging me Mm. and allow me to become that person. That's what does beautiful. it mean? I've, I've, I've heard this say, said before. What does it mean to hold space for someone? It sounds. It's not judgmental. It's, it's just a being there. And isn't it, I interpret it as when I'm ready, you know? Yes. Um, You'll be there and you'll be as welcoming as, you know, as if I had been uh, with you or within your process since forever. So um, that's my simple, very childlike interpretation. Very, very correct. Because when only when a person is ready to hear things, will they hear them? Mm. Mm. Who comes to you for therapy? Different people, people that want to find not even meaning, but we need to find what he calls calling in the moment. Calling in the moment. Yes. So is, we that, is that like a calling in the specific moment or are you yes. calling in a specific no, moment? The calling in the specific. So our okay. calling at this moment mm-hmm. is to connect with one another. And it's a beautiful connection. Yes. Thank you. So that beauty is an experience you're having. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So you can have a different calling in each different moment. Yes, and each person has a calling that is different in each moment. Mm-hmm. So what is meaningful for me might not be meaningful for you at all. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, more about those people who come to you, because what do you do when they come and they're depressed? Um, or, you know, they've just had this, they just... Anxious and you know, because for me, when you say therapy, there's this, there's yeah. sessions of, of healing. What's yes. your, how do you approach how does it? it work? Yeah. 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 So the healing does not focus on the past. It might just acknowledge and say, okay, which is necessary, hey? Yes. To, to, to acknowledge, yes, that that affirm. thing is not a figment of imagination. Yeah. Just to affirm, but not go into detail, mm-hmm. and then. 
It looks for the values that are meaningful for that person. Okay? So if a person that is depressed can find meaning in his life, Mm -hmm. he's very likely to, to feel different. It's so difficult, though, to... To move from a space of depression. I mean, I look at it when you're just down. It's already difficult to move from there. It is very difficult. But now when it's a state of depression, mm-hmm. it's almost insurmountable if you don't have the right help or the right people or in some cases mostly actually the right med- medication, medication and, or uh, therapy. Yeah, and sometimes it's difficult to see what your mm. your values are when you mm. are feeling so mm. yeah. How do you help them identify that which is important to them? So it's not an either or. You don't have logotherapy or um, chemical mm. assistance or um, psychiatric help or whatever. That's fine mm-hmm. if that's what you need at that time. But it goes alongside with it. Okay. And everybody would have had um, something will be meaningful to that moment, to that person in that moment. And many moments, if they can start getting the awareness around it. So you, you, you take them through a process mm. that reminds them yes. what is meaningful to yes. them. We merely open the vision of that, of the, of that person. Okay, not telling them what to do, opening their vision to what is meaningful to them. And then does it become a bit like a, for lack of a better word, it's not exactly the word I'm looking for, but, but a bit like a mantra that they have to repeat. This is what is valuable mm-hmm. to me. This is, this is what is at my core. Is that, is that? Part of no, the it's not at all a mantra. Not at all. It's, it's a more an awakening. Affirmation. The word I was looking for was affirmation. Um, they could affirm that that's their, their, what's meaningful to them. But I think once they get that moment, mm-hmm. um, and many things can be meaningful, a friendship, mm-hmm. um, a work, a work of art. A toenail that's grown back. Yeah, absolute. Why not? <laughs> You've <laughs> been in weird places, friend. <laughs> ask people who like sandals. <laughs> if that toe does not look good, yeah. it's the end of the yeah, world. Yeah. A tat. That could be meaningful for many people. Yeah. Right? Mm. It's what's yeah. meaningful to you. So you also, do you use this in conjunction with your storytelling? I use, yes, I do use this modality with storytelling. And um, we often do um, leadership camps for students at the mm-hmm. universities. So what, what is the storytelling that you do? So my son Daniel, he's mentally and physically um, handicapped. He's mm-hmm. 32 years of age. He's a very small little guy. And he doesn't read or write, but he sings in all our languages. Mm-hmm. So he you say our languages? Eleven languages. Okay, the the countries. The countries. <laughs> so I'm thinking Babel. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just saying like that. So. That's great. Yeah. Uh huh. So he'll sing. I'll uh, for usually about a hundred students, leadership students, and he'll. I'll briefly tell his story, and then. Um, He'll open them up to their stories okay. Which I'll facilitate And what is Daniel's story? Won't you share it with us? Um, Daniel had brain cancer when he was one year old And he had a 48 hour prognosis 
So that's mm. basically his story. Operation right. so radiation. So the doctors told you your son is going to live only 48 hours longer. Correct. Yeah. And how you did, did what? Did, how, well, what happened to you in that moment? Um, lots happened. <laughs> mm. It was just lots. It was a lot of bargaining that happened. Mm. <laughs> Tell me there was some swearing at God involved. <laughs> some swearing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just some swearing, not at God. <laughs> some I hear <laughs> swearing. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Some hope, some faith, um, okay. some trying everything from um, Filipino healers to mm-hmm. a very religious man in New York mm-hmm. who gave us a lot of direction. And as anyone who has. Direction a, in which way? Spiritual direction Um, And more than spiritual direction He did it From a Judaic point of view Where he wanted the operation Done on a Tuesday And various little things But he consulted many Doctors and specialists To ask them their opinions Mm -hmm. That were in his network Mm -hmm. What what was the significance Of him wanting it uh, Doing it in, in the Judaic Fashion or uh, way um, Daniel's Jewish Okay So um, That was Someone we turned to and Was that something that you That you felt Connected to Yes I felt connected We had a doctor Who was very connected okay. To this kind of thinking Okay And he Encouraged us To contact this Person Before we go on With, with the, the Daniel story I wanted To know Sitting here What does that trauma do to a parent? Do you still have remnants of that trauma? You know, where you get this beautiful gift And then they say "Mm, You can hold it for 24 hours And then it's gone So what kind of What did you have to deal with? What kind of healing did you have to? It's been quite a journey of healing I must say Um, From self-discovery Um with different therapies and different help along the way because there's such uh, implications attached to it, whether they be social implications. Or Tell us. People people steer away from you. They okay. don't ask you around. They don't want that child to come with you. Um, and that's a very real thing for people that have children with disabilities. Mm. Um, but then... The gift that he's given me outweighs everything. I, I cannot even think past that gift any longer. The gift is great. He's got a sense of humor. He's a big spirit, soul. Um, and he brings me joy and teaching and learning. I am so glad that you said that because, you know, when you sit there, I, from my point of view, I cannot see it, you know. But then you imparting that kind of information because mm. I can feel you, mm. you know, um, it's it's really heartfelt and it's a it's a spiritual thing. Mm. It's I my would, calling in life. You see, so to I, look after it's my purpose to yes. look after that human being. He's been given to me to look after. But do you understand how some people could look at it as a burden? I do. I do understand that completely. And that is a choice in attitude. That's what mm-hmm. he calls about. That's what he talks about with regard to attitude. Would you judge someone who goes there? No. No, that's their thing, and that's the way they think. Mm. No, not at all. 
I have it very close to me, actually. Yeah. There are people close to me that can't cope with it. Is it? Oh, sorry, Lee. No, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> She's just. Go on. Go no, on, Lisa. Go uh, on. You know, once she gets started, go on. she carries on. <laughs> At the time when you got this. News that mm. your son is going to be here with you 48 hours mm. longer. You best make peace with it because that's basically what the doctors try and tell you. Mm. Were you already, or did you already know about um, Frankel's work and the logotherapy, or was that the first step towards steering you in that direction? No, I didn't know about Frankel's logotherapy, but when I studied logotherapy, I could very much put the hope, the faith, the attitude. The experiences I had, the things I created with healers, etc., into context within that therapy. And how do you make that attitude adjustment? Because that's basically what it is. Mm. Going from, oh, woe is me, mm. I have a child who has challenges, mm. to you saying with the utmost mm. conviction, and mm. I mean, your face just shines when you say, yeah. when you say it, that he is your biggest joy okay. Where did you find that attitude adjustment? Okay, so the attitude adjustment um, Is the most difficult thing to modulate Our attitudes in, in this therapy The attitude part is the most difficult And um, I think I, I got it from the start Because I made that bargain with God um, a deal. A deal. <laughs> I'm Jewish. I made a deal. <laughs> you made a deal. <laughs> if you let him live, then I will take care of him for the rest of his life, which I do. And I do it willingly and lovingly. And did you know the severity that he's going to battle with? Or was it just... You know, I thought it would be worse because they told me he wouldn't walk. He walks. They told me he wouldn't talk. He talks and swears and <laughs> whatever else. So it's turned out to be um, just a blessing. So how do you guide people to change to attitude. make that change. attitudinal yes. change? That's the therapy. There's techniques. Hmm. There's lots yeah. of techniques involved, but we use something. That coaching, coaching got its concept from logotherapy called Socratic dialogue. Which oh, you have to explain. That's, that's just very, um, intricately asked questions that get the person to go inside and find answers for themselves. Okay. And not just accept the, 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 not accept that the way they view it yes. is the only way to view it. Yes. But that's something, and, uh, Attitude adjustment and forgiveness are two things that I find uh, you work at and you work at and you work at. And then when you give up, then they just happen naturally. Over, I wouldn't say overnight, but naturally, while almost while you are sleeping. Without you having to do a thing. Yes, because it's not really doing, is it? Can you give us one of those those uh, techniques you use? Or Yes, I can certainly give you one of the techniques. And one of the techniques is self-distancing, they call it. And that is stepping outside of yourself and looking at yourself and your situation from a different perspective. Because you're always more than your situation. Hmm. 
What kind of tools would you use? You, I mean, you can probably tell us as well, Liesl, because Liesl is a coach. Mm. So, so, but what, what kind of tools would you then say, uh, one could implement to get that distance? Because it's really difficult when you're in that situation. To step outside yourself. It's not only for them to get the distance, it's for me as well to get the distance. And, um, it's, actually referred to as um, a spiritual achievement to actually get that distance Mm -hmm. from a situation and see the bigger picture. Um, And the techniques I would use would be they they complicated to explain, but they would mainly be through the questions. They would mainly be through eliciting good questions. Does someone else have to ask the questions or can you ask those questions yourself? You can ask those questions yourself, um, but it's always effective to to have. Uh, I had a session recently with another of my colleagues, and she said, "Oh, it's so nice to receive a session. Mm. Um, I love this." So it's always easier when we um, assist. Assist, yeah. I also think it creates a safe space where you can just be and and del- because we we tend to. To bullshit ourselves a little bit, don't we? Often, hey. So Often we good at it. it <laughs> We're our own best. Yes. We block yes. ourselves in the best ways possible. So to try and do it yourself, um, mm. I think that's more a hindrance than. than there are often blind healthy. spots, as you know, if you do coaching. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who self sabotages all the time? Where would they go in terms of the, the therapy that you offer? The therapy is challenging, but it's very kind. It's oh. very kind. And it deals towards all the things in them that are loving, mm-hmm. that their conscience commands them to do, that are responsible choices and where they are, their, their own real selves in those choices, authentic, and where they are creative as well. Hmm. And where they have that will, that will that I talked about, that will to meaning. So that's where the therapy um, goes towards. So how many sessions do you normally do? Or or is there no fixed number? There isn't a fixed number. Mm. Often one is very good. People have a specific turnaround. And I'll give you an example of one of um, Frankel's sessions. So he had a doctor coming to him whose wife, he had been married to her for over 50 years, and she passed away, and he was devastated. He was in a depression for a few years. Hmm. And Frankel sat and talked to him and said, did you love her? Absolutely. Did she love you? Absolutely. What happened if she would have died first? And he said, she would have been, if, if, not she, if you would have died first. Mm-hmm. And he says she would have been devastated. So he says, do you believe that you've saved her a lot of suffering? Hmm. And in that moment, he found the meaning of her death. Mm. Wow. Reframing what, what, what yes. happens to us. Yes. But that is something that, that we, you know, especially if, if, if you've never done it before, it's so difficult to, to take that step back and, mm. and look for the bigger picture because mm. we are so close to our own, own picture. Mm, exactly. I love how you say reframing. I'm going <laughs> to take that with me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yes, you know, yes. put a different frame on it. 
Yes, absolutely. The storytelling thing. I, I'm still on yeah, that storytelling thing. Next. I, you know, so after Daniel sings to to your leadership students, mm. then what? Um, they get up and they tell their stories. And as Daniel calls it, the crying workshop. <laughs> oh, that, why? Why, would you, why? Why do we cry when we tell our own stories? Because <laughs> it's painful. Mm-hmm. We feel it. Yeah. I, and that I really wanted to find out what significance, you know, um, because there is something like nothing can take you along like a story can. You escape. It's magical. Mm. It's just an alternate universe, mm. you know. So I wanted to find out how how that process works with with and also how fast it is because it could be very fast. Mm. So people's stories are the most interesting, of course, and we all have stories that inform our lives, don't we? Mm-hmm. Many. And when people, so those are facilitate using these techniques. Okay. Um, those stories I will facilitate. And that means I will be heading towards looking what their values are, that person, what gives them meaning in the moment. Mm-hmm. And Frankel called it, it's not what life, what you want from life. It's what life wants from you. You owe life. Ask not what you can do for me. Yeah. Ask what I can do for you. Exactly. That kind of thought line. Mm. You also you you mentioned something earlier about finding purpose without. Yes. Um, he says we don't find the meaning within us. Okay. Meaning will come as a result of us reaching beyond ourselves. So in my case, looking after Daniel is very meaningful to me. Um, and that gives me meaning internally. Hmm. Um, creating an artwork. Um, meaning will come from reaching beyond yourself for the good of others. So when is it uh, con- a meaning instead of a, a distraction? Because we, we often go like, no, that's um, that's um. But then in the meantime, you're actually just diverting direction because you don't want to deal with something else. Well, maybe How it's just know? a calling in that moment that you're dealing with. Um, a meaning, a purpose can be a very big life purpose, but many meaning moments that add up can can lead to a, a purpose. I don't know if that answered your question as a distraction. I'm still thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Leslie, after the crying workshop where, mm. where people mm. have told, because what I'm hearing, and tell mm. me where I'm wrong, mm. is that people share their... Hurtful stories, those stories that Byron Katie, I think it's Byron yeah. Katie who talks about story fundling, yes. those stories that we keep on repeating, woe is me, oh poor me, many, then what? Many people tell very funny stories. They're okay. not all sad okay. stories. So it's not just the crying workshop. Not at all. <laughs> not at okay. all. Um, just some amazing things have come out of the workshop where meaning is concerned. I remember one where um, a chap was involved in a gang stealing cars and he now is at one of your big four um, auditing companies and Mm -hmm. he's in a very top position mentoring a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So he went from that to that and he found great meaning in his life. 
Um, they have some very inspirational stories. Of course, people always have inspirational stories. Mm-hmm. So, the how do you, how do you get people to to open up completely though? Do you know what I mean? And and what do they what do they walk out with that they didn't come in with? Okay, so opening up is is the, the responsibility is on that person as mm. well to open up, and if they trust me, they'll open up. Mm. Um, they don't have to tell all their um, nasty parts. They don't have to spill their guts. Not at all. We're not looking for that. Mm. We're only looking um, for what is going to bring that person meaning. Um, so what they can walk out with, it's not outcome based. So they might walk away. With a small insight, they might walk away with an aha moment and they might walk away um, thinking, well, just thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Just going, just thinking. There are no guarantees. There are no guarantees. But the the point is no information goes um, completely. It it, it doesn't complete. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. At some point. You know, maybe it's five years from then and, and or seven years from mm. then. You could still use it. Of course. Not all of us learn at every moment. Hmm. So do you think that finding meaning is the meaning of life? Is, do you think that is why we are here? Yes. <laughs> okay. brief, kindly respond with, with, with more than a yes or a no. <laughs> well, She's very stingy with information. <laughs> she goes like little by little. No, but, but but I think that's also once again. Tell me where I'm wrong. That's most likely how you approach your sessions by giving a little bit at a time. Do you find that people are completely overwhelmed if you give them the whole katoot? In the first session Absolutely It took me many years to simplify <laughs> this work <laughs> Many, many years um, To get it not to jargon And to just get it meaningful um, To sound meaningful as mm. it is mm-hmm. um, So, yeah um, I'd, Yes, uh, I believe that every per- person on this earth Is here for a purpose And they do have um, a meaning to go towards. I also, you go. Also heard that you worked a lot with Jewish stories. Is that is that true, or that you have worked with Jewish stories where you go to that space of um, that happened, um, but it's not there anymore, and so uh, or not. Just tell me what you mean by Jewish stories. The Holocaust stories. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so helping people heal from some of those memories. Yeah. So you know, the Holocaust. There were six million Jewish people were murdered, but mm-hmm. five million other people were murdered mm-hmm. as well. So it wasn't only Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was the majority, but not uh, not only. Mm-hmm. Mm. But do you? Uh, d- I mean, there are very few survivors still with us today. Mm. Do you find that second generation survivors mm. carry those traumas, those hurts, those stories their parents told them with them and mm. need to be released from, from, from those hurts? You often find that they are your social workers, your psychologists. They go into those kind of professions, I think, to more understand themselves. Um, that's what they found. A lot of those people went into those kind of professions. The children of the survivors. Mm, mm. 
Okay, so you, so you think it was it, it's to understand themselves? Do you think there's also the 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 child become <coughs> excuse me the child <coughs> becomes the nurturer um, type Absolutely. of scenario where they want to protect their parents, but because they can't protect their parents, protect other people from similar hurts. Yes, and there's also the story of um, I'm just trying to to verbalize it, but um, I'll think of it in a moment. Um, It is I'm going to think of it in a moment. Mm. (laughs) Do you think we are going to have time in a moment? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if we're going to have time in a moment. <laughs> because that time is almost over. Is it? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Leslie, if you could give us one piece of advice mm. to take from you or to our listeners, mm. what would that be? Look for your meaning moments. Mm. Look outside. Look at the nature. Look at the beauty. Look at the people you connect with. Um, and the rapport you have, because that's a meaningful moment. But how do you recognize those meaningful moments? You wake up. <laughs> you, you, literally, you literally become aware of them. You become aware of what you create and appreciate yourself for creating those deeds or those works of art or whatever. You become aware of what you create, what you experience, and your mm-hmm. attitude towards Unavoidable suffering, pain. What else do you use with? Um, I thought we finished. No, 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 I said we are almost. We are almost out of time to 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 help your spirituality along. What else do you use other than logotherapy? Because I, I'm sure you use it. Because I mean, it's one one of the things that you work. Well, with. I, I live. I live by this credo. I live. I live. I try. We have to live it if we're teaching it, mm-hmm. and I want to live it. It's the way I choose to live. It's a choice. Um, what spiritual practices am I involved in? Mm-hmm. That that assists you as well. Oh, I sit in my garden a lot. Okay. I play with my dog a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's good. I mean, I read things that are interesting to me, mm-hmm. and I get pleasure. I arrange flowers. I cook. You do. You yes. no, not the cooking. I mean, <laughs> the flower I'm, I'm artistic. I'm creative. Okay, so you 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 do the the painting thing that you talked about earlier. Yeah, I create in a different way, but yes, whatever I create. And then I start experiencing people at a very deep level Mm -hmm. because each person brings so much to us. Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I totally buy that. You know, Liesl brings so much to us. <laughs> Liesl's looking very confused. <laughs> this uh, attitude of gratitude. If you oh, are, you nice. said, you yes. said, you said, you know, you have to wake up. But if you are not awake yet, not conscious, can you mm. fake it till you make it? Yes. Can you fake gratitude? Well, you can certainly start looking outside at the beauty that the world offers you. You can certainly start looking at the love you're receiving for nothing. No payment, mahala. Mm-hmm. Um, you can really start looking at the small things, at really how beautifully you organize your house, because that's a creation. And that's mm-hmm. the thing about beauty. It, 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 you, you don't need to fake no. admiring and appreciating it. It's if there. If you see it, it is there. It's in your face. Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> Shemaine is saying, okay, does that mean we done? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are we done? She's such a sleepy girl. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. I hope I made, gave you something to make sense of. Well, I'm definitely going to have to go and look at it. But I mean, I, I, I hear that you're saying that logotherapy is about finding that spiritual space within that is filled with all the good things that we need um, to, to live a a successful life. Mm. I think success because for me, successful doesn't mean the the car or mm. the that's you know or the that's, big that's house. What, it's what it's about, right? yes, yes. mean absolutely. You you summed it up so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. That <laughs> <laughs> you're joking, but thank you. No, I'm not joking. Really? All righty. Thank, no, thank you, Thank, thank you. Thank you so much, Leslie. Such a pleasure. Thanks. It was such a yes. Same. Such a pleasure thank to you. have you. Thank you. From my side, it's been great. Thank you so much, Palesa. Thanks, girl. From me, Liesl Tom. Have a great day. Thank you. Oh, it's a fantastic view here from this patch of mildew on the bathroom wall. Welcome to Barry's morning routine, Paul. Thanks, Ken. As always, Barry steps up to the mirror and is too small towel after his too hot shower. Yep, nothing but tummy and thigh, Paul. Tummy and thigh. Mm. An ample display for sure, yep. Ken. Soft pinkness as oh, far yeah. as the eyes can see. And look at this. The way he turns eyebrow to eyebrows. Oh. This man's an artist. Oh, really? Look at the way he sings into that deodorant can. <laughs> Watch out, ladies. Oh, you know it. Oh, and wait. Let's see what he's going to do with those three strands of head hair. Crikey, that is a perfect comb over. Hmm. He has made three hairs look like six Ken. Respect. Well, it is middle age in all its majesty, Paul. True, and he is clearly pleased with the results, flexing his tiny biceps like a boss. Followed up with a wink and a whistle. Oh, he is just oozing manhood, mm. firing off a couple of finger pistols at his own affliction. Paul, mm. does it get any better than this? Let me tell you, somebody better get an ice pack because this man is on fire. <laughs> Flies see too much. Kill them. With fast, deadly doom. All right, Paul, it's day 539 of Becky's Not Over Brad Marathon. We're here live on a, frankly, delicious mm. bolognese stain on the living room wall. I love what she hasn't done with her hair. Stunning. You know? Works so well with that dirty, oversized ex-boyfriend sweater. And uh, looks like we'll kick things off with a hit of the old cheese in a can. Classic. I mean, if that isn't perfectly timed, cheesy aerosol magnificence, I don't know what is. Me neither, Ken. Now, mm. look at this focus. Yeah. This commitment to season three of Obese Brides. That's fat. I mean, six hours and mm. counting. Unwavering. Stop that. Oh, another hit of cheese. Uh, mm. And looks like she'll break now for some social media stalking. Swiping through the ex's photos like a wildcat in a litter box. She's already zooming in on a pic of the ex snogging a random. Observe the bottom lip quiver, yeah. the face crumpled. Oh, yeah. Nice, there is a bubble in that left nostril. That is moist. Oh, this is big. Whoa, hold it, hold it, Paul. Oh, yes. yes. This seems to be an 8.7 on the ugly cry scale, Paul. Yes, what a moment. You know what? I think this calls for some annoying face buzzing, Ken. Agreed. Right behind you, Paul. Right behind you. Flies see too much. Kill them with fast, deadly doom. Cliffcentral.com